This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. First up this hour, we look back at the recently concluded sitting of Parliament and what the main takeaways were. So Parliament adjourned yesterday after sitting for 32 days from uh, the 9th of October to the 30th of November and 12 bills were passed. This includes, of course, uh, the Supply Bill 2024, more popularly known as Budget 2024. Uh, But we also saw the passing of the Control of Smoking Products for Public Health Bill 2024. And this is a pretty big one because it's the first law that specifically regulates smoking products in Malaysia. Now, um, a majority of MPs from both sides wanted the provision pertaining to the generational endgame that had been dropped from the bill to be reinstated. But the bill ended up being passed via a voice vote without that amendment on the last day of the sitting. Other bills that were passed include the National Water Services Commission Bill, the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Bill 2023, uh, and we also saw the approving of the white paper on the proposed progressive wage policy that was tabled by Minister of Economic Affairs, Rafizi Ramli. So there's a lot to unpack. Those are just the bills. Um, we also, uh, you know, had a number of outbursts and uh, disagreements that went on during the session of Parliament. We will be getting into all that very shortly with Maha Balakrishnan, parliamentary researcher and consultant. But we want to hear from you as well. What did you make of the recent Parliament sitting? What were some of the highlights? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 18 Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. It's 5.11. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. And we are talking about the uh, recent parliamentary sitting, which concluded yesterday after 32 days, um, and looking at what some of the major takeaways were. So we want to hear from you as well. What did you make of the sitting? What were the highlights for you? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now is Maha Balakrishnan, parliamentary researcher and consultant. Maha, good to have you with us as always. Hi, Shamla. Happy Friday. Same to you. So this session of Parliament saw 12 bills being passed. This includes Budget 2024. Which were the most significant to you? And what were some of the key moments from those discussions? Well, there were, I think, uh, a lot of highlights, but um, I think I'll focus on three this evening. Um, The passage, the passing rather, of the Public Finance and Fiscal Responsibility Act uh, was a significant moment. Um, so too was the uh, passing of the Suhakam um, amendments. Now, both of these were noteworthy, not simply for what was um, passed, the laws that were passed, but also what was left out. <laughs> um, and there's actually a common thread uh, between the two. So first off, the Public Finance and Fiscal Responsibility Act, uh, it is important and it's timely because it imposes duties and obligations uh, on the finance minister uh, in respect to uh, the preparation and disclosure of uh, policies, fiscal policies, and and so on, but there was actually very little uh, by the way of actual enforceability of those duties and obligations, and even less um, a role for Parliament in ensuring uh, that those duties and obligations are actually exercised. So. 
those were some missing elements. Um, the other factor also in relation to that act is how quickly it was uh, passed through parliament. With the Suhakam Act amendments, again, um, Suhakam now is a stronger institution, um, a little bit more independent, um, and certainly where the Children's Commissioner is concerned, uh, her, her or his remit has improved. But once again, uh, a role for parliament, a clear, direct role for parliament to act as an oversight body and even to support Suhakam's work is missing. And by this, I mean um, the failure to include uh, or to establish a fixed uh, human rights committee in parliament, uh, which is something, of course, that, that is recommended uh, for all NHRIs by the UN uh, uh, system, yeah? Um, and then the third aspect though, and this is positive for me. Now, um, I'm not sure how, how many of your viewers are actually aware, but um, there were amendments made to the Companies Act. Mm. Um, nothing, nothing really noteworthy, but uh, important in this case, because the bill for the amendments was actually presented to, or rather referred to a committee of parliament uh, for review and feedback. And this to me is, is, this entire thing is noteworthy simply because it once again um, supports this new culture that hopefully we're moving towards where bills are referred to, to Parliament um, during their passage in the House. So one big one um, was when the sitting made history when it passed the Control of Smoking Products for Public Health Bill 2023, which of course regulates smoking products. And this was passed through a voice vote after a rather contentious debate from both sides. Many MPs condemned the decoupling of the GEG. Um, can you give us a breakdown of what happened and the eventual resolution? So, you know, the background to the Control of Smoking Products Bill, I think, is a good example of where the red line is between our newly empowered parliament and the uh, traditional dominant executive. Mm. So, you know, the, the bill was, of course, uh, tabled initially in 2022. In 2023, it was um, initially tabled for first reading in the July meeting, um, complete with the GEG provisions at that time. And at that point, it was actually referred to the PSSE on Health, uh, which is chaired by Dr. Uh, Zul Kifli Ahmad. Now, the fact that it was referred was actually a win, a huge win for parliamentary democracy, specifically because the bill involved fundamental issues involving public health as well as uh, individual rights. And clearly, laws which involve such issues should be put through the fullest and most transparent consultative process. Um, but more importantly, in, in our case, is that um, when a bill is formally referred to a committee, formally referred uh, during its passage, what it means is that any amendments that are proposed by the committee will be adopted and become part of the bill when it is subsequently sent back to the House. So that is hugely significant because what it then means is that MPs can directly shape the policy direction and the contents of a government bill when it is referred to a committee in this way. Um, so in this case, Dr. Zul's PSSE did a commendable job reviewing that bill. Um, they held a fairly thorough consultative process and put forward amendments, proposed amendments to the bill. Now, I would actually say uh, within the collection of uh, committee reports that we have in Malaysia, this is actually a standard bearer, this report. Um, but what happens in October? So at the beginning of October, uh, the agenda for, for the Day One Rakyat initially included um, the fact that this uh, report from the committee would 
be referred to the House and be made part of the bill that would be debated during second reading. But instead of that happening, uh, initially the debates were postponed and then, as we all know, the bill was uh, pulled back and uh, a revised bill presented and very quickly passed through Parliament. So what does it tell us? What does it tell me about the current dynamics between uh, Parliament and the executive? I think what it says is that we have a stronger Day One Rakyat, uh, and it is a Day One Rakyat that is ready to assert its views uh, on the direction of policy and on the content of bills. But the executive still holds the leash, uh, I'm afraid to say. And I think by virtue of that also, so to do any special interest that holds sway uh, in the right places. Now, you touched on this earlier, um, the things that weren't passed um, and a number of bills weren't, including the Parliamentary Services Bill, the Ombudsman Bill, as well as amendments to the Whistleblower Protection Act. Now, why was this? Were there disagreements over the bill's contents um, or was it more of a procedural issue? Well, I can't speak to the reasons why they weren't finally disclosed. I mean, here's what we do know. We we know that uh, the government um, had at various times stated that these three um, bills or these three laws, the Parliamentary Services Bill, uh, the Whistleblower Protection Amendments, as well as uh, an Ombudsman uh, Act will be tabled in Parliament and were intended to be tabled in this meeting, uh, the last meeting of the year. Um, But it kept getting postponed or the news on it kept uh, changing. And as we now know, of course, none of them have been presented. So I can't speak to exactly why this uh, they weren't tabled or presented in Parliament, but we can see, in to my mind, we can see a common denominator in all three of them, uh, and that is that these are bills which will shake up the current uh, structure of control and accountability for public institutions um, and uh, divest power from within the executive to uh, institutions outside the executive. So that's, to me, the common denominator. And perhaps this uh, sort of institutional change um, takes some deliberation, takes some further discussion, uh, but it has to be done. Uh, And I think whatever whatever obstacles are in the way of the government currently, um, they must be dealt with, and uh, they should be dealt with swiftly, because ultimately, Um, When we talk about institutional reform, especially when we are moving into a democracy, which is what's happening in Malaysia, um, when we want to make sure that we are leaving behind systems that do not enable us to revert back to what we had before, then one of the key aspects that has to change is how institutions are designed, Um, the accountability measures, uh, the the, the divesting of power from Uh, the executive to other uh, bodies outside of the executive. So these things are important to do uh, in order to ensure that uh, scandals like 1MDB, for example, cannot occur again. Now, let's talk about a suggestion by uh, the Speaker, Tansri Johari Abdul, to combat absenteeism, in which names of those absent MPs would be listed on the Parliament website. Do you think this was a necessary move? Uh, I... I'm not sure how easy that would be to actually implement uh, because I'm not sure it would be very easy to actually uh, determine what constitutes ab- uh, absenteeism in this case. Uh, yes, the halls, uh, the Chamber of Parliament is often empty. Um, but, and certainly I'm sure some of that may be down to, um, you know, just MPs 
uh, puntinging <laughs> uh, the sitting. Uh, but some of it may also be because uh, MPs are involved in bis business elsewhere. So uh, it could be that they are engaged in the special chamber of the Dewan Rakyat, you know, where they have matters in the special chamber where they raise questions uh, with ministers or deputy ministers. Or it could be that there are MPs that are attending committee meetings. Uh, and there's a lot of that that's going on in the hall, uh, sorry, in, in the Dewan Rakyat. Um, so I think what might be better in this case, uh, instead of recording uh, attendance at different levels or different points, might be to actually um, have an electronic uh, voting process. So at least we know uh, who and who isn't voting when bills are, or motions are put uh, forward on the floor of the House. Uh, and secondly, um, I think what the Speaker could try to do is find better ways to encourage or perhaps even compel MPs to attend committee meetings where very important work is getting done. Actually, to extend that point, um, we did have Bukit Gasing Adun, Rajiv Rishakaran, on the show recently. And he said that there are larger issues around why MPs are absent, including uh, that the session by its structure uh, cannot be productive or conducive to proper discussion. Do you agree with him? Is there something? Is this something that needs to be looked into long term? Of course. I think uh, many of us have pushed uh, the idea that we should have a more uh, permanent parliament, uh, full-time parliament as opposed to what we have now where parliament sits for roughly 70, only only about 70 days uh, per year, the day one rakyat that is. Um, so I think if we had longer sessions, uh, more sitting days per year, that would open up uh, or extend the amount of time uh, available to debate bills. That's one option. Um, the other option, of course, is to, to continue to do what we're doing and to improve on it which is to send bills to committee where deeper deliberation can take place, but more importantly, more inclusive and participatory discussions and consultative processes can take place. Because in committees, you can actually hear from stakeholders who uh, otherwise aren't able to appear and give input in parliament. Um, so I think if you do that, and then you send a lot of bills to committee for deliberation, then um, the time spent in the uh, house uh, can be focused on uh, other matters. Um, that that I think is 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 a key uh, reform um, that we should all be be encouraging. And overall, did you find this to be a productive session of Parliament? Did you get a sense that the MPs were willing to discuss issues rather than simply echo party sentiments? Well, I'm not sure about party sentiments, but certainly um, we did see that MPs were far more discursive. Uh, uh, there was a lot uh, more discourse and deliberation and debate. Um, and there was also, you know, that element of inclusion. And, and I, I think I want to stress this because a lot, of we, a lot of what we think happens in Parliament is what we see on TV and what gets picked up in the media. And once again, so much of the work of Parliament is happening either behind closed doors or away from the media limelight. Uh, and this is the work that happens in the special chamber where a lot of information is coming out of government and uh, being passed on to MPs and to civil society groups and other stakeholders. Uh, and also in committees, so much work is happening in committees uh, and also with the APPGs that have been set up. A lot of work is being done with the APPGs where MPs are sitting together with um, experts and uh, civil society groups to discuss matters of common interest. Now, I would just like to say on this, this point, um, to give you an example, 
So one of the key committees that we have in the day one Rakyat, of course, is the uh, Committee on Human Rights, uh, Electoral Reform, I believe, and Institutional Reform, chaired by YB William Leung. Now, that committee, just in the space of these last few weeks, has had uh, discussions with the APPGs uh, on political financing as well as on uh, anti-corruption to discuss uh, the amendments necessary to uh, separate the Attorney General's powers and also to discuss political financing laws. Yeah, So there's a lot of discussion, uh, a lot of uh, very good work that's happening um, in Parliament. So I am definitely encouraged. And um, however, I do recognise that, that obviously um, some of what hasn't happened in Parliament, particularly around the uh, GG bill, um, might be seen as a setback. Yeah, uh, but I think what we should all be aiming for is to look not simply at the output of parliament, but also the process within parliament. And I think where the process is concerned, we've seen some uh, really good developments, yeah, really good progress. Um, parliament's role uh, as a check and balance, as oversight, uh, has clearly increased. Um, and I think uh, uh, moving forward, um, we should all see see this as a stepping stone for a stronger parliament. And I hope that everyone, MPs included, as well as civil society, continues to, well, keep on keeping on. <laughs> because the, the more that we encourage, the more that we empower parliament, the stronger it becomes. Maha, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you. That was Maha Balakrishnan, parliamentary researcher and consultant, weighing in on this recent set, uh, sitting of parliament, which concluded yesterday. But we want to hear from you as well. What did you make of the recent parliament sitting? What were some of the highlights? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.